What's up? Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 62, Granger Smith Podcast. Thank you for listening and watching. And thank you, especially to those that have come this long journey with me all the way back to episode one and following the the evolution and the growth of what this channel has become and what this podcast has become. It started with me in the back of my bus just telling stories and it has evolved into uh, having very different style guests um, everything from uh, war veterans, injured war veterans, to preachers. I mean, we and we've had everything in between. I had someone ask me one time, I wish you could go back and do the podcast like you used to do it, when I used to tell stories. And partly why I've made a little bit of a transition is because now we're filming for YouTube, and we're adding... We're adding new listeners through people that are only on the YouTube format. So I know that a lot of you listen through the, like Apple Music or Spotify or your podcast app. Uh, I know there's a lot of different apps for podcasts and a lot of different ways you're listening, but um, YouTube is now one of them. And when I switched over to YouTube and started filming it, I had to kind of get away from the the editing that I was doing making the stories. So I would sit in the back of my bus and I would tell the story and then I would stop and I would take like a couple notes and then I would add a little musical transition and then I would tell another little piece of a story and then I would stop. And it would take me a long time. It was it was grueling, which is back back then I was releasing like one a month, one episode a month. And it was grueling. I would start dreading it and I was like, oh, I got to go. I got to go do this podcast. It's going to take me a couple of hours. And, and so now the way that it is now, I literally turn the camera on. I hit my pro tools on my computer. I hit record and whatever I say, it goes on the podcast. So there's good and bad. The good news is it makes it way easier for me to put these out every single Monday. The bad news is I can't really dig in and stop and start and edit and add music transitions and stop and start and create, you know, so um, good and bad. I think the the better side of that story is I get to put out a bunch. I get to put out a bunch of these, and and so thank you guys, everyone, for listening. Uh, but I have to say, if you're watching this now, it's already too late. It's already too late if you're watching this now. And what I mean is, we're we're doing this truck giveaway, and as I'm filming this, I ju- literally just went and put the truck in the field right outside this window at the Yigi Farm outside of my podcast studio, and I just parked it where it's going to be for this contest. We have five finalists that we're flying in tonight, tonight to Texas. They are from Illinois. Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Utah. They're all coming here. And and these are finalists from anyone that has purchased something from Yigi.com over the last month. That's how we started the contest. And then we took all of those people and gave them to a third-party company that picks random drawing contests for a living. So we paid them. They picked five finalists. I called them last week and told each finalist that they were the one picked. So then they made arrangements. They have a teammate, and they're all flying here tonight. So as we speak, they are going to fly in, and in the morning at 9 a.m., they put their hands on the truck, and the last person at that point to take their hand off the truck will win it. And so that'll start Saturday morning. When you hear this podcast, this podcast comes out on Monday. So by the time... This comes out. By the time you hear this, it's already too late. We probably have already decided a winner. If if we have not decided a winner, by the time this podcast airs on Monday morning, wherever you are in the world, commuting to work, whatever you're doing this morning, listening to this podcast, if we haven't decided a winner, then it then we're running ragged here at the Yee Farm. That means that means we're we're going. All day Saturday, all day Sunday, all Sunday night into Monday morning. And it might, it might. We might have two more finalists out there as we speak. But you probably know as a listener. So follow me on my socials. Every one of my social media platforms, it's Granger Smith, at Granger Smith, or at Earl Dibbles Jr. So go to any one of those, and you'll see. Uh, the, I'm going to try to keep up with 
the real-time news on what's happening out there in the field with their hands on the truck. And I'm so, y'all, I'm so excited about this. I'm so pumped. This might be one of the coolest things we've ever done. And literally, if you're watching this podcast right now, it might be too late to even know what the final result is. So I, I can't say how excited I am. Uh, I'm pumped about it. <sighs> We're always into something crazy. And the, you know, the, the thing is, if this, if this works out well, which I hope it does, I mean, we're going to be grilling out. We're going to be having some fun. We're going to have the band out playing songs. If this works out well, we'll do it every year. This is the one I'm giving away right now. This is my truck I've driven over the last 10 years. There's a lot of memories in that truck, but maybe, maybe we'll get another truck and do it again in 2021. Let me know. Comment below if this is something you would like to be a part of and have a chance at. Get your hands on this truck. I think one of the cool things about it is just coming here to the farm and being with us and hanging out with us and we get to meet you and, and get to know you a little bit. We get to know you really well when you're standing out with your hand on the hood. Anyway, uh, so many things happen and, and, and you can keep up with all this at, at uh, yee.com, grangersmith.com, all of our socials. Yee Apparel has the social media. So um, there's a ton of ways to keep up with this, including this podcast. I'll, I will call, always keep you guys up to date uh, on this podcast. And if you need to ask me anything, if you want to know anything, if you want to know my views on something, I'm always going to shoot you straight. And I'm going to tell you uh, the, good, the good or the bad, I'm going to tell it to you straight. Uh, I'm going to tell you the way I feel. I'm not afraid to tell you exactly how I stand. And for those of you that have listened to me or watched me long enough, you know that I'm not, I'm not ashamed to, to come on here and just t tell you straight up. It might, it might uh, hurt my career. It might help my career. But I don't care. I'm just going to tell you the way it is. So ask me anything. And you could do that by emailing grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. In fact, wherever you are, pull over your truck right now. Pull over the side of the road. Whip out your little email and hit me up right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into these questions. I'm going to start answering them right now. I'm going to bring my brother Parker in here. Welcome to the podcast. Yee yee. get into some of these emails if you want to hear anything from me email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com and a lot of times that's what this podcast will be about not every time but a lot of times i'm going to get in here and uh, go through these emails and i'll read them i'll try my best to answer today i have my brother parker he's back been on several episodes he's he's a great um a great mediator to my answering First, I want to start out with a couple shout-outs. Um, I want to shout-out to Scott Hines. He says, hey, I'm a big fan of your music. Uh, I always have been. Uh, it's my 16th birthday on the 23rd. And I'm not getting anything, so if you could wish me happy birthday. Happy birthday, Scott. Thank you for listening, bro. Uh, another shout-out. It says, hey, my name is Tucker Bowman. I'm 12 years old. I had a question for you. My birthday's October 16th. I love your music and your podcast. And I would love a shout-out. One of my favorite songs is Holler, Backroad Song, and Tailgate Town. What's up, Tucker? Happy birthday. Thank you for listening, bro. And this last one says, Hey, Granger Smith, I want to thank you so much for your songs. I'm sometimes in bad moods, and when I listen to your songs, my mood just changes. Sent from Corny Weebay from Chihuahua, Mexico. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. All you guys, and I'll get I'll get to I got a lot of those shout outs I gotta get to. 
But I want to get to some questions. Sixteenth birthday. Do you remember what you were doing on your sixteenth birthday? I feel like that's one that yeah, everybody remembers. I actually do. I was in Earl's truck, the one that we're restoring, and I drove to San Antonio, Texas to watch George Strait play. Uh was that your first time driving on your own? You mean like a road trip? Yeah. Like was that of, your first truck? Earl's truck? Yeah, my first I truck was, I thought, it was that, truck. I thought it was that white Chevy. That was later. Nine, the 92 Chevy I never was later. Knew, I didn't know that was your first truck, was Earl's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mom has pictures somewhere of me going to that concert. Did uh, you drive by yourself? Yeah, the first time I did. And then I went another time with dad and two buddies. You drove to a George Strait concert by yourself at 16? Yeah. On your birthday? Yeah, and I also saw him at Texas Stadium that same year when I was 16. And I drove to Texas Stadium in Irving, Texas, and camped out. I, I say camped out. I didn't, really, I didn't really camp. I just got there before the sun came up to get tickets a month ahead, and I was in this fan club. So I was like seventh in line at Texas Stadium because the fan club got in early entry, early ticket purchase. So I was like seventh in line, and so my, my ticket was second row almost right in the middle. And that's why I went to these concerts by myself because I I was the only one getting those tickets, so I would go buy mm-hmm. one ticket. It was like $65 or something crazy like that. One ticket, just me. And I would show the door, the gates would open at noon, and I would be, I would be there at the gates. George wouldn't go on until like 9 p.m. Do you still, how often do you think about that at your concerts? Or do you just think about, do you think about that every time? That still has to stay with you, I that think kind about of passion. The, I think about it all the time. Because those days I was standing in front of the stage looking up at all the lights and I was basically the only one in the, like everyone that's in the middle of this up close is usually a rich person or like a celebrity and they don't show up till it's dark. So here I am, this kid, I'm the only one in 50 feet of, there's just empty chairs those empty fold-up chairs everywhere. I'm the only one. So when the first band goes on, I'm just like, right? They could just clearly see me standing, this kid in a cowboy hat standing all by himself. And I remember all the bands that went on. I've never actually told them this. And I know them personally, most of them now. And I haven't, I always forget to say, hey man, in 1996, I was at Texas Stadium in the second row center. And then at night, when George was about to come on, like Troy Aikman would walk out and sit in his front row seat. Uh, Jerry Jones would walk out, sit down in the front mm-hmm. row. Um, all kinds of important people would be on the front row. And then I, one more story. Uh, then I got I went to so many of these concerts and did this that I would talk to the camera guys. There was guys on the ends of the aisles that were shooting the camera for the Jumbotron. And I said, when, when could I rush the stage? Because I knew that at the end of every George concert, during the last song, they would rush the stage. So I would, But I wouldn't know when that song was coming. So the camera guys, they would be the ones, because I could talk to them. I'd say, when could I rush? And they say, when we start packing our cameras, putting our cameras down, that's when you know it's the second to the last song. So I would see the camera guy because they have to move their cameras for the crowd. They'd start wrapping their cables and they'd look over at me and kind of give me like a little wink, like this is the second to last song. So then I could get ready and get those two seats in front of me, like my two hands on them, getting ready to push them. And as soon as that song was over, I would push the chairs and run to the front and be right at George's feet. And the, and then everyone else would rush in and that always that feeling that girls, it was always girls behind me that would just crush me into the stage. So I'd be like, stick up to the stage. And I would like have to fight to get my back pushed back a little bit to have a little room so I could like do this. That was my life, man. That's amazing. Gosh, (laughs) that is, I've never heard that story. That is some commitment, man. I don't think I know anybody. Man, to be front row in, in 1996 at a George Strait concert, that's a story. <laughs> Several of them. Just by yourself Several. there. Just <laughs> I saw loving it. Abilene, Texas, 
San Antonio twice, Dallas twice, all in, during that same old time period. <laughs> so, yeah, think about my fans. I've been there. I, that's a huge – I consider that um, very valuable to me to have that experience. Uh, man, that was a sidetrack. Let's get to – I got a little a little list of these questions. I don't know what we can get to, but we're going to try to get through them. Once again, it's GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com if you want to give me a shout-out. Um, this question is from Jacob, and Jacob's from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. It says, Granger, not sure if you'll see this, but I just wanted to reach out and let you know how much I appreciate all you do. You have no idea how much your entertainment and joy you bring to my life. I'm a second-year medical student at the University of Kentucky. Go Cats! Every Monday morning on my drive to the hospital, I listen to your podcast, and after every exam, I always unwind and relax by catching up on the Smiths. I love your music, and you're an incredible role model for me. Thank you, buddy. Uh, He says, I love when you talk about faith, and I love it if you would share a little bit more about your journey as a Christian. Did you grow up in the church? Were you saved, etc.? When were you saved, etc.? I lead worship at my church in my hometown, so faith and music are two of the most important things in my life. Thanks again, and God bless. Jacob from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Thanks for writing in, man. Um, I, I'm glad that you read. I read that question when Parker's sitting next to me and my brother. And it always is cool to me to hear somebody listens to the podcast every morning on a commute. It's like becomes a routine. And I wonder, like as soon as I start reading it, if you're driving and you're like, oh my God, that's my question. <laughs> like, what would that feel like? That's my question. Like you want to swerve off the road. You listen over and over and then it's your question. Um, and I have gotten this several times, so I think it's a good question. It's a good one to talk about. Um, I grew up Methodist. The majority of my life was Methodist. We were heavy churchgoers. Pretty much my, my most of my life, and then we we moved to a little town outside of Waco, and that's when you were in your prime, and y'all you didn't go right when we were in Clifton. Yeah, we went a lot more in Clifton than we ever did in Dallas. Oh, okay, when I, I got was a you. Kid. So you slowed down, like when I left house, you probably yeah. Slowed. We almost never went in Dallas, but okay. Dad loved that. That's Dad loved small town churches, and yeah. it was a little Baptist church, and he liked the pastor. So we went, we went a lot there. Yeah, then that pastor ended up burying Dad, mm-hmm. um, and Riv. So to dig into that question. I, my, my mom and dad are, were pretty religious, but when I say that term religious, that doesn't, I don't necessarily always mean, um, specific, uh, traditions that you, you, like when I think of religion, I think you got to do this at three o'clock and then you got to face this direction at four o'clock. Like it's not that. They were, they were very, very deep in the Christian faith, and they taught us from a young age how to follow Christ, to give your life to Christ. Um, and my mom, she she says this all the time. She listens to this podcast. So, hey, mom, you listen to this podcast. I know you do. Um, she always says that she read the entire New Testament to me while I was nursing and when I was a baby. So anytime I, I'm on a podcast and I start talking about Jesus, she's like, See, I knew because I read you. I read you the New Testament when you were a baby. And I knew that that was going to do something to your little brain. And maybe it did. Uh, what's, your, what's your story growing up, Parker? We're 13 years apart, so uh, we sometimes have a different story growing up. Yeah, I was basically like an only child as a kid because Granger and I were so far apart. So a lot of you, if any of y'all have much older siblings, you kind of know what I'm talking about. So you almost have a different childhood, a because you were the you're the oldest and you were their first child, so they're a little more strict with you. And then it kind of loosens up as uh, as you go. But yeah, yeah I was just going to say we weren't we were never the uh, like like memorize these note cards of Bible verses yeah. every Sunday 
and then like you have to have your Bible verses down and then we're going to quiz you. And we yeah. were very informal and it was more just dad was always very open with us. It was like, you just accept Christ as your savior, admit you're a sinner. And that's what's most important. And then beyond that, it's just be a man of integrity and have, have your values in order and know what's important in life. Uh, just kind of, that was the foundation, Yeah. but it wasn't, there was no, uh, no like formal, uh, like some, some families that I knew growing up. Yeah. We, I got, I got confirmed when I was in sixth grade confirmation. I, I believe several churches do that. I don't, I don't exactly know which ones I know Methodist did. Obviously that's where I was. And so I went through confirmation in sixth grade and was baptized then. And dad gave me, uh, a necklace that it was a replica of what he wore, which was a replica of what his dad wore. And he gave it to the us three boys. And my uncle has one that he gave to his son. You have one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we all got it. It's a little cross necklace. But that was kind of part of the Smith family tradition that I'm assuming I'll go ahead and pass that on to, to Lincoln when he's in sixth grade. Um, and I, I, my memories of church growing up was squirming in the pew and being so bored out of my mind and dad squeezing my knee with his thumb and his middle finger, just digging his hands into my, my kneecap and just look, just looking at me like, be quiet. And, and dad had these massive hands that are so strong. He could just crush my knee. And so I tell Amber, like, when I, when I try to discipline Lincoln, I'm like, I just want Lincoln to look at me with the fear that I looked at my dad sometimes. Like, because it got to the point where all he had to do is just look at me and go, mm-mm. And I'd be like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He had, and he, Aggie ring, he had, like, that me and you, Parker, are both wearing. I'm actually not wearing mine. No, you're not. No. But uh, this is Aggie ring from Texas A&M. Dad had one, too. And sometimes he could pop me in the back of the head with this ring did he do that to you no he could pop me in the back of the head with that ring and amber is always like i cannot picture him doing that but he knew exactly how hard to hit me in the back of the head that enough where it didn't crack the skull or make a bump but it was just enough to never want to do what i was doing ever again (laughs) it hurt so bad i could like taste metal in my teeth oh yeah he never did that to me they were way more strict with you why were they so strict with me and not with you? They were way older with you, I guess. Because I was, I was probably more behaved. <laughs> I guess so. I would love. And what about spankings, Parker? Did you get spanked? No, I don't. I don't think I got Dude. spanked once. Because Tyler I actually I, was a good kid. Though. Tyler and I got whooped so bad. It was all the time we'd come in, and Dad would come home from work and be like, "Hey guys, how's it going? Hi," and and we'd all just be like holding our toes and our shoes real tight. And mom would say, Chris, we have something to say. The boys talking about me and Tyler did this and I need you to spank them. And dad would be like, Oh man, that's too bad. All right, guys. And he'd start taking his belt off (laughs) and he'd make his, put our elbows and lean, lean like on the couch or the bed. And he would take his belt off and he'd say, do you want, you want one really hard one or three medium ones? And we would usually say one really hard one. He'd say, all right. And Tyler would always watch first. <laughs> Dad would just whoop me with that belt. And then Tyler would get real scared because then he saw he saw what it looked like from the outside. So Tyler would get all squirmy. <laughs> I don't even remember the stuff we did. So co- comment below if this uh, if you had a if you grew up the same, if your dad whooped you at all. Or if you whoop your current kids, I don't know. And uh, thank you, Jacob, for the question. This one, this one's from Savannah. It says, Hey, Granger, love your podcast and YouTube channels and, of course, your music. My daughter's five. She's a huge fan of London. She noticed London is quite the performer with dancing and gymnastics. My daughter asked me if London was going to follow your footsteps in some way, and it made me start thinking, and I got curious. Have the kids expressed any interest in being musicians or performers? How would you feel about that, knowing how hard you have to work in the industry? And would you encourage them to follow their dream? Thanks so much for all you do. My family just loves you. Thank you, Savannah. That's a great question. And it kind of ties into uh, 
what we've been talking about with my parents, because first of all, I feel like my parents giving me the blessing to follow music was one of the greatest gifts they could have given me. It's funny because my name, which I'm very, I'm, I'm happy that they gave me a name that was different enough to stand out in music instead of like Bob Smith. That would have got lost, especially in the web world, social media world. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that they gave me braces <laughs> on my teeth, and I'm thankful that they gave me the blessing to chase music. Um, obviously, there's a lot more more to it than that, but I want to address one thing you said. Um, how would you feel about it knowing how hard you have to work? That's not the problem. How hard you have to work. I want my kids to work hard. I want them to do something that challenges them, that they have to work hard at. I always want that. But I do, you're right in thinking that I do worry about my kids becoming musicians because, not because of the work, but because of the heartbreak involved. Heartbreak coming from things you can't control. So, it's a business that you could work really hard to be very passionate, very diligent, very smart, um, very talented. You you could have all those things lined up, but if you're not lucky, then your chart your song doesn't end up on the charts for some reason. Or you, there's a million reasons. If you're not lucky, um, you fail and you get your heart broken. And I just can't imagine my kids being judged the way that I've been judged. It's fine for me, and maybe even fine for Lincoln, but when you start talking about London, I worry about that girl getting judged for appearances or for whatever that she has no control over, and then her having to deal with that. So that's the fine line of me. Yes, I want them to follow their dreams. Yes, I want to give them a blessing, but I would sit them down and have a long talk if they wanted to go into music business just so they know how terrible it can be. And there's probably a lot of jobs like this. And for instance, my we have cousins that are farmers in the panhandle of Texas. And I remember each little son that decides to be a farmer and follow his dad, there's always a talk that the dad, like I remember when Uncle Doug gave this talk to Brad. When Brad decided he was going to go be a farmer, and Doug had to have this long talk with him, like, you understand what this means? you understand the heartache in farming? Do you understand you're trying to raise a family and depending on weather or depending on the market, things you can't control. You can work all you want. You work hard as you want. And then you're all of a sudden you're at the mercy of the price of seed or the price of whatever your harvest is. So I don't know. I, I would love to see London just do something like become a veterinarian or a teacher or something like that. Just what do you think? Yeah, it's hard. I was thinking when you, while you were talking, I was thinking about, um, you know, you're going to get judged in whatever you do and it takes a lot of hard work and whatever you do in life, but music in particular. And we talk about this with you all the time. It's, it's not just, it's not just your product or your service that's being judged. It's your art form. It's, it's, uh, it's very much a part of who you are. And so people, I, people, you know, you're on the charts with your identity. And so that can be kind of taxing on your mental health. So I was, I was like, yeah. well, yeah, that's a good point. It's, it's more taxing because it's your, it's your identity that's being judged as a product rather than, rather than being a vet or being a teacher and not to downplay those, but music is, um, can be hard on your mental health because that's your name up there on the chart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good question, Savannah. And I'll, I'll probably get that one again and we'll see how this plays out. This question is, we have time for one more before we have a break? Um, no, let me take a break. We'll come back to this question from Adam. I want to take a minute right here in the middle of the podcast and name a few of our sponsors for this episode. And we're, we are very blessed to have some sponsors that help um, cover the production cost of what it takes to get this podcast all over the world and to you to make it free for you to listen to. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you're listening, it is free. And I love that. I love that about podcast. I love that we could um, deliver this kind of content to you. And all you got to do is click on it. And I'm going to name a couple of these sponsors. Uh, first of all, Amazon Music. Um, 
you know what makes this time of year truly wonderful, and that's music. And I'm getting my holiday music fix with Amazon Music. Now, currently, I'm on the cover. I have the cover of uh, one of the Amazon Country playlists, which makes me a little biased. I'm, I love it when I get to go to a, a streaming platform and see my face on the cover. That just makes me, it makes me so proud of my team that works really hard to call these people and, and email these people and say, hey, we got to get Granger on the cover, and then they finally get it, and it's like a big celebration. So it's a big deal. Uh, this time of year is fun to go to Amazon Music and play holiday music. Like if you're opening presents or you're sitting around with the family and, and you're cooking, you're doing your traditions, it's always nice to have some holiday music going. And Amazon Music has so many different playlists, different styles of holiday music. There's all different kinds. I like personally acoustic instrumental bluegrass country Christmas music. I know that's crazy and that's weird. Uh, Amber likes her, her pop music when it comes to Christmas, her Mariah Carey. I'm more of an acoustic instrumental. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, if you haven't tried Amazon Music before, for a limited time, you can get the first three months of Amazon Music unlimited for free. That's access to more than 70 million songs on demand and ad-free. Play the songs you want when you want free for three months. Listen at home or wherever you are. Your holidays will be merrier with fun, festive tunes. Remember, for a limited time, new subscribers can get three months of Amazon Music unlimited for free. Go to Amazon.com slash Granger. That's Amazon.com slash Granger to get your first three months of Amazon Music free. And then after that, it starts at $7.99 a month. New subscribers only. Terms apply. Offer expires January 11th. 2021 and man i'm excited for have y'all looked at that date and been like 2021 i'm freaking pumped about 2021 because that doesn't say 2020 uh i'm also sponsored on this podcast by express vpn and earlier this year more than 100 twitter users got their accounts hacked passwords email address uh, phone numbers and more all taken from high profile people like Elon Musk, Kanye West. Uh, these kind of attacks are getting more and more frequent and more severe. And it's not just Twitter. Facebook, eBay, Uber, Adobe, Yahoo have all leaked data such as passwords, credit card info, and driver's license belonging to billions of users. And uh, if you could hack somebody like uh, a, a high-profile politician, they probably can hack you too. Uh, that's why I use ExpressVPN to safeguard my personal data online. According to recent reports, hackers could make up to $1,000 from selling someone's personal information on the dark web. Uh, and, and that's just any, any random person could be worth $1,000 on the dark web. That's really scary. ExpressVPN is an app that funnels all your data through a secure encrypted tunnel so that no matter what device you use, you could have peace of mind every time you use the Internet. The app connects with one click. It's lightning fast, and the best part of ExpressVPN, it works up to five devices simultaneously so the whole family could stay protected. If a breach happens to powerful individuals, it could easily happen to you, so protect yourself with ExpressVPN. It's number one rated. If you visit expressvpn.com slash Granger right now, you could arm yourself with extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's express, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Granger, expressvpn.com slash Granger to learn more. And that's scary stuff, man. The internet's a, it's a scary dark alley that we need to, we need to learn how to navigate and we haven't totally mastered that yet, so you got to be, you got to protect your stuff. And uh, ex lastly, we have uh, this podcast brought to you by Headspace, and y'all have heard me talk about Headspace before. Um, it is, it's an app where you go to when you're you're so stressed out with anxiety, you just need a quick break, or maybe you just need to fall asleep, or maybe you need to um, just chill out for a second. And we've all been there. And you have so many apps on your phone that kind of do the opposite thing to you. Well, this, this is the app you need to go to to actually chill out. It's a meditation app. It's a mindfulness app. But don't take that word meditation as some weird Eastern religion thing. It's not that. It's not that. Uh, it, it's about mindfulness. It's about just focusing on your breath, chilling out, getting all the clutter in your mind that's just rattling around 
and uh, contain it just for a little bit. And this app leads you into helping that. And if you need help falling asleep, Headspace has a wind-down session for their members that they just swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has more meditations than you, that you could do with your kids, which is pretty cool. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, increase your overall sense of well-being. And uh, if I'm on the bus or if I'm just chilling out and, I, and I'm like, man, I could either sit here and go through Instagram, go through YouTube, or I could take 10 minutes and throw on a little app here, uh, throw on a little session that to cool me down. And it's you just put your headphones on, close your eyes, and listen to it. It's pretty awesome. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, over 60 million downloads. It makes it easy to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you and your schedule. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com. Slash Granger. That's headspace.com slash Granger for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Granger today. And I am, I, I'm seriously, when I started this podcast a long time ago, I thought, how am I gonna? How am I gonna pay for the, the editing, and how am I gonna pay for it to host it on these all these sites like Apple and Spotify? How am I gonna? How am I gonna afford all this? And so I'm just I, every time I read an ad, I'm like, man, I'm grateful that I still get to I get to do this and offset those costs for you guys. So that's my story. Back to the podcast. All right. This question is from Adam. It says, Hey, Granger, I'm a big fan of your music, your family, and your podcast. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I am soon to become a father to our boy Jackson, who is due on October 9th. So this, sorry, this email is a couple months old, so he's already been born. I was wondering if you could provide any advice or tips on becoming a father for the first time. Is there anything you learned, picked up when you became a father for the first time that you think would help a new father? I'm not worried about becoming a father but I would love to hear your thoughts on this matter. Thank you so much. Um, this is Adam from Poole, England. Yee yee. Appreciate you, buddy. Congratulations on the birth of your son. Um, I'm reading this email late. Um, it's from the archives here, but it's a great question. Um, I, I want to say, I wonder, first of all, I wonder what London was born on October 6th. So, I wonder if he was actually born on the ninth or not. Um, it's a great question. First of all, I feel like the way humans are built, the way humans are created, they, whenever we procreate, there's perfect amounts of time in between each phase for you to learn. For example, the pregnancy is a nine month deal. That's, that's the time, nine months is like the perfect time to get over the fact at the beginning that, oh my gosh, we're going to have a baby. And then you go into, okay, we need to like build a nursery and get a crib. And then you get into, okay, what are we going to do about feeding? Who's going to feed? Are you going to breastfeed? Are we going to do formula? And then you get into, okay, now we're going to, we got to start thinking about, um, clothes and, and how we're going to change a diaper, like a little learn how. So anyway, then you have the baby and then you have this, another six month period of, of, uh, an infant before they're eating solid foods, before they're crawling or scooting. So then you can kind of start your preparation on, on, um, childproofing the house. And then when they start crawling, then you got a little bit of time before you have to start worrying about doorknobs and things on shelves when they start pulling up and stand. So, and then, then I, I, you can keep going. The list goes on and on. You can go into, then you got time to think about it when they're um, in elementary school, you don't, you don't have to worry about dating and they're not until they're a teenager. Then when they're a teenager, you could start worrying about each step is perfectly timed in my opinion. And and so my first piece of advice is be in the moment, be right here. Don't, don't be caught up in thinking. So right now I'm assuming Adam, that your baby boy, I'm assuming October, November, December, you're three months old. 
So you're still kind of in the infancy stage. So be here, be right here. Enjoy every moment. Enjoy those little smiles when you get them. Enjoy that eye contact when you get it. Enjoy those times when he finally falls asleep after a fussy night. And be in that moment. Don't ever think, ah, oh, I can't wait till he starts crawling her. I can't wait till he watches football games with me. You know, you might not do that in England, but we would do that. Um, but if you if you just hang on and stay in that moment, you're not rushing him through this process because I promise it flies by. I mean, it flies. It seems like when you're in the trenches, it seems like it's so long. But in reality, you look back on it and time just flies. You're like, where did it go? He's already walking. You know, he's already, he's already out of diapers. So uh, hang on, be in there. And then I want to recommend a book for everyone that has a little boy called Wild at Heart. Have you read this? Yeah. Dude, right? Is it, I, I, I want to re- re- reread it. I would rec- always recommend this book twice. First, if you're it's like some of the shout outs I gave these guys that were 16 teenagers, um, read it as a teenager or a, a young 20s something, and then reread it as a father of a baby boy. And it's a great book for for learning how to raise a boy. It's called it's called Wild at Heart. Uh, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that it's easy to find in any place you can find a book. But there's a, there's this moment. It's so good. But you remember the the climbing the cliff moment? Mm-hmm. That's like such a such an awesome moment in the book. But he has these two boys, and they're out hiking in the woods, and one of them is like ten, and one of them is like six, right? Seven. And the ten-year-old, they go up to this little cliff, and they climb it, and it's an easy little cliff. And the ten-year-old climbs to the top, and the seven-year-old starts climbing and gets stuck halfway up. It's a small, small little cliff. He gets stuck like halfway up, and he freezes, and he gets really scared, and he doesn't know what to do. And so he's struggling and struggling, and then they're all encouraging him, come on, buddy, you got this, you got this, you got it. And so he climbs, and he starts climbing, and they're like, good job, you're doing it, you're doing it. He puts his hand on the top, and he pulls himself up the cliff, and he gets to the top of this little you know, six-foot cliff. He gets to the top, and everyone's like, you did it, buddy, you did it. And the dad goes, you are a wild man, you're a wild man, you did it. And so... You know, the moment passes, and then later on that night, they're all sitting around the campfire, and the little son says, Daddy, was I really a wild man out there? And the funny thing in the book, he says, and here it is, this is the moment. Like, this is it. This is the moment that could change his life as a boy forever, forever. This is the moment when he's asking for affirmation of of him being a man or at least being on the path of what a man is. So he realizes that in his head. He goes, this is the moment. How do I answer it? Do I say, I mean, you're kind of a sissy. Or do you say, I don't know, you're getting there. Or you got a little scared, but you know, you did all, you did all right, buddy. Or do you say, yeah, son, you're a wild man. And then he goes, boom, that's it. That's the affirmation he needs to justify his place in this little world of his it's so good, man. Such a good book. I love that thing. Yeah, and and you'll meet people. I, I don't have any uh, advice. I don't have any experience in that uh, in that realm. But man, you'll meet people to this day, and we'll talk. Man, that guy didn't get enough validation from yep. his dad, probably, because you'll see when people are overcompensating yep. for that that father that wasn't there that didn't tell them that they were a man, and so they spend their whole life trying to prove it. Yeah. And it's just it, and it's just builds up into resentment. Trying to prove that they're a man, trying to finally get the world to tell them they're a man because they never got it when in that cliff at seven years old. Yeah, yeah, Adam. Thank you for writing, buddy. It's a great question, and congratulations on your baby boy. Uh, this question is from Salisbury, North Carolina, from Joshua. It says, "Hey, Granger, love your podcast. It's a part of my every Monday morning work listenings." Uh, Here's my question. It's about Christian theology. Uh Uh-oh. What Christian theology do you believe in? 
Example, some believe Christ is coming with judgment on the rapture, world rapture, tribulations, etc. Others, other half, like myself, I believe that Christ's judgment was conventional and, or excuse me, covenantal and happened during AD 70 during, with the destruction of Jerusalem. I'm 31 and have struggled a lot with the end of times that was preached at my old church. And I wanted answers, so I hit the scriptures. And with prayer and a lot of reading, I came to believe and trust the Reformed doctrine. With this new understanding, I feel I'm able to live my life to the fullest and be a light in this fallen world. Compared to being on the edge and not knowing what to do and what to trust, now I take it day by day and thank the Lord for another day. So curious where you stand. I think it's important for all of us Christians to be open-minded about this and willing to test our traditions and be willing to give a biblical answer on why we believe what we believe through God's word. No judgment here. I will not change the way I think about you. We need to respect others' faith decisions and continue to love and trust in Jesus no matter what theology we believe in. Thanks, Granger. Yee, yee. Uh, man, that's a deep one, Joshua. Thank you for writing in. Shout out to North Carolina. I want to get. I want to jump right into this because I have some stuff to say. Um, first of all, let me say this. First and foremost, before I say a word about theology or my beliefs in, in theology, as a Christian, don't let deep theological doctrine affect the end result of your belief. If you, if you do bail out on that, on that deep thinking and go back to the understood truth, Christ came, died for you, forgave you of your sins, was resurrected. And if you believe that, and you repent and follow him, then it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter how bad a sinner you are. We all are. If you repent and follow him and trust him, then, then you'll have eternal life. So don't let that ever become hazy because that is, that is the truth uh, as Christians. That's our truth. So don't, don't ever let any kind of weird doctrine um, get in the way. Now, let me dive in. I do not believe in your theology. Um, and I believe I'm going to, I'm going to say a couple things that might offend you, but I really, I don't want to offend you. I want to, I just want to kind of put my thoughts together. And this is why it's hard on a podcast because I don't get to see your face and we don't get to kind of go back and forth. But I'm going to assume a couple things that might be wrong. I'm assuming you've been to some bad churches and heard some bad preachers and have been around some bad circles as far as theology goes. Because most Christians, most, do not believe that. Most Christians believe the end of times have not arrived yet. And the number one reason is we still have trouble. We're still in trouble. When Christ comes, the promised second coming of Christ when he comes is redemption to the world. It's it's bringing heaven, the new heaven to to earth, to make a new earth for all of us to live in peace. And it will be perfect. And it will be harmonious. And there will not be tears and crying and trouble. And there will not be death and coronavirus and wars. There will not. When he comes back, he will end all that. And John is very clear in the book of Revelation about this. Um, and Jesus is very clear. that The, the idea that the, the second coming has already happened, and you're referring to Caesar um, and the destruction of the the, the Jews and the temple in AD 70 is not enough because you can't say that that happened. And then there was this thing called the Holocaust that happened in World War II. You can't imagine the Holocaust is something that happened after the second coming of Christ. There's, that's just a small, a small explanation to why. And, and I would encourage you to, 
to uh, find a new find a new group if if you truly are around people that are leading you uh, down a down a road of despair. Um, that's the, that is that is a false doctrine. Um, and let me go back to your words. You said, uh, "I have struggled a lot with the end of times that was preached in my old church, and I, I wanted answers." Um, compared to not being on the edge and not knowing what to do and what to trust. That's what you said. These are your words. Um, I want to live my life to the fullest compared to being on edge and not knowing what to do and what to trust. Well, um, yeah, we all want that. Absolutely. You're right. We all want to live our life to the fullest and not, not worry. And, and Christ asks us, to follow him so that we may have peace in him so that we will not worry. And we don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough troubles of its own. And we're not to worry about the end of times. We're not even supposed to worry or not know what to do. We know what to do. It's very simple. We follow him. We repent. We try to live a life in reflection of him. And through the, our renewed spirit, we have new guidance. We have new ears to hear, new eyes to see. We're led by a, a stronger conscience. We have a stronger discernment over good and bad. We're still going to sin. We're still going to mess up. That's because we're humans. We're still going to. And every sin is the same. There's no good or bad way. It's, it's, all, it's all bad. And so we do our best to be, to be reborn every day, every morning. Um, and And through that, we become a light in the world. We, we, we try to live a, a, a world of communion where we treat our neighbor as we would ourself. And we do that every day. And then we don't worry. We don't, we don't not know what to do. We know exactly what to do because it's right there. So I would tell you um, to go and instead of reading doctrine from other people or hearing things, including this podcast. Don't even take my word for it. Just go straight to Matthew chapter 1. Start there. That's the beginning of the New Testament. Start right there and read it. And it's, it's pick, a, pick a translation that's easy, like the NIV or um, the ESV. It's very simple English translations. And hit the ground running. Don't worry about um, other outside sources. Ask God to make that clear to you. And I believe that you'll see that we're still waiting for the second coming of Christ. Because if he had already come, we would know it. There wouldn't be this suffering. Parker, you, you got anything? No, I I've agree been, with you. I've been yipping. I agree with you. <sighs> right back in, Joshua. Right back into this podcast once you hear this. I, first of all, I want to make sure you hear it. Um, but right back in. Because I think it's very important. You said, you said we need to, at the end, you said, um, we need to respect others' faith decisions. Yes, I agree. We need to continue to love and trust in Jesus no matter what theology. Yes, I agree. But here's where I disagree. It's important for us Christians to be open-minded about this. Well, that's where I'm going to dis disagree because I, I believe the, the New Testament and the Old Testament. The Old Testament's part of this whole story too. Is very, very one-minded. It's not very open. It's very. There's. It's one thing happening here. There's one story. And for those of you that don't know anything about what I'm saying, um, the Old Testament. I could sum it up in this. We're not good enough. That's from Genesis all the way to Malachi. We're not good enough. I heard the Duck Dynasty guys talking about this. The New Testament, you could sum it up like this. Matthew through John. Jesus is here. And then Acts through Revelation. Jesus is coming back. That sums it up. And, and I would encourage you, got you to, uh, to jump in here, Joshua. And, and then write me back. Write me back. Let's keep this discussion going. All right. I'm going to pass this one to you. I don't even know what it says. I feel like I'm talking too much. 
It what is your podcast. I, I think this is my podcast or something. This is from Mary Jo. Hey, Granger. I'm new to the Yee Nation, and in the last few months, due to my son, I'm new to the Yee Nation in just the last few months due to my son, Jason, and his family. I love the podcast, the YouTube, and was even lucky enough to score some items in your fall lunch. My question is, where did Yee come from? Love everything that you and Amber do, and love that it is family-based. Good luck on your new home, and can't wait to hear your new songs. I'm currently catching up on the older songs, but love them so far. Live in Hager City, Wisconsin. Can't wait for you to tour closer to here. Maybe Minneapolis, please. Mary Jo. Ah, you can answer that one. Thank you, Mary Jo. Yee Yee came from a man named Earl Dibbles Jr. Uh, back in <laughs> what? 2011. 2011, uh, Granger was growing his uh, brand and... We were getting creative. I should say you were getting creative, and I was... Looking at your hat says established 2011. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> check my hat. I guess I could have... Uh, I made the hat. I should know that. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the music industry is very difficult to get into, and we... Um, I'd like to think we were pretty creative, and so we came up with a lot of skit, and like I like to call it like Saturday Night Live type videos where we would just have we came up with this idea to just do a video of the week just because we always we're just goofy brothers and we liked comedy and just being dumb and we made some videos that we thought were funny we didn't know if anybody else was going to think it was funny and uh earl was just one of our many characters Mm -hmm. that uh have been lost in translation over the years uh we had an old house on our family's ranch in texas and we came up with the idea we said you know wouldn't it be funny if someone lived in that house, in this old abandoned farmhouse? And, uh, you know, if if somebody did, what would they talk like? What would their name be? What would they be dressed like? And uh, Tyler had a, a – Tyler played football at, at Rice University in Texas. He said, I used to have an old teammate with the last name Dibbles. That would be pretty funny. Earl's pretty redneck. And then if he's a redneck named Earl Dibbles, I mean, you got to add Junior. And uh, – and Earl was just, we created the monologue for Earl's day. Earl, Earl said what he did all day. And then, uh, he had the shotgun over his head and Tyler told you to yell yee yee. And, uh, you were there you too. Did. Yep. Yeah. It was me, you and Tyler on an unbelievably hot day in Texas it was in, I believe it was in June. Cause we put that video out in July. No, it was probably July. We probably just, I probably put it out like the next day. Knowing me back then, I probably shot it, edited it. Put oh it yeah. If not that night. Yeah. So, um, it was, we didn't think that Yee Yee saying it in that video was going to matter at all. And it did. And the chain of events, you know, it led, I think I did a podcast that said how $5,000 saved my career. And that's what this is. That's what this story is because I, we paid $5,000 to get Yee Yee trademarked. And that was every penny we had. And it was could have been the stupidest thing I ever did was pay $5,000 for these two words to make sure no one else uh, trademarked them. But we did. And I've said this before, but we didn't do it to just monopolize that phrase. We did it so that no one else would monopolize it and not allow us to say it or put it on the shirts anymore. So what's crazy because we were right there in that same time. Do you remember the country boy controversy? Mm-mm. So this was crazy now that you're like CEO of Yee Yee Apparel. The early on, our, our very first Yee Yee Apparel shirt, really, that wasn't Granger Smith, was it said, I'm a country boy. And on the back, it said, I got a tough schedule. And it said, one, I wake up. Two, put a good mm-hmm. dip in. Three, cracker. It was like a long list. Fix a tree. Whittle a good stick. And we put it out, and we had a black one for the guys and a pink one for the girls. And we got a cease and desist letter from this company that said, we own the phrase country boy. And you could no longer put that in your, on your shirt. And we were like, what? This is crazy. No way. Like, I thought it was a joke. Like, you own country boy? And so I was like, well, what does Luke Bryan do? You know, because they they own Country Boy and Country Girl. So I was like, well, what does Luke Bryan do? Country Girl Shake It For Me? And I looked up on his website. Sure enough, he doesn't have anything that says Country Girl Shake It For Me. <laughs> because sure enough, this was a legit company. They don't even sell apparel. They just own that. 
So you have to buy it from them, the rights to it. So we changed it. So now that shirt that used to say, I'm a country boy, we changed it to, I got a tough schedule. And on the back, it says, I wake up. We had to literally take it off. So that was right around the time we were like, man, we got we to gotta trademark this name. Because some some guy across the country is going to trademark it and then tell us we can't never use, we can never use it in a shirt. And that would have, that's why $5,000 changed my whole career. Would have, would have been, what would we be wearing right now? <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Well, what would we do? Uh, thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, does it say where she's from? Yes. Wisconsin. Yeah. She's from Hager city or Hager city. However you say that Wisconsin and I uh, can't wait for you to tour Minneapolis, St. Paul again. Yeah, we can't wait to come back. You all are crazy out there. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that the last question. I know that some people, and you could comment below, how, how long are these getting? Like, Sometimes I could just talk and talk, and then I realize there's, there have been some people that have emailed and said, I could only listen. I can, my brain can only take 20 minutes, and I daydream, and I'll turn it off. So we'll end it here. Thank you, guys. Uh, as always, and thank you, Park, for helping me be be a sidekick. I'm still thinking about that Joshua question too, man. I'm still thinking, I, like that really threw me off. Um, if if you if you think Christ has already came, well, what's the point? I mean, that is a that is our hope. Like that's what we're, I mean. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, we, the mission is still on. Like it is still a go. There's still time on the clock. You know, like we haven't, the game's not over. We still have the ball and we still have time on the clock. And we got a good quarterback. <laughs> like, let's go, game on. You know, I wake up and I'm like, we got this. But if you already think he came uh, 2,000 years ago and we're still in suffering, that, that is depressing. Um, and that's not what the Bible says. It does not say that. So, Joshua, uh, email back. Let's hear what you got to say. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Bart. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee.